Hello and welcome back to Can't Let Go, the NBN podcast where we discuss the news stories and the personal stories from the past week or several weeks or whatever that we can just not get out of our heads. I'm your host, Jacob Lazaro, and today, as always, I've got two guests with me. We've got returning um, eternal guest, Justin Curto. <laughs> Justin, say hi. Hi. And we've got new guest, um, Sophia Lowe. Hi, I'm Sophia and I'm exhausted. Justin wants to go first for his news story. So, Justin, what's your news story? Actually, this it changed my mind. I want a WWE-style intro. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. And on the right <laughs> side of the booth, Justin M. Curto with his news story for this week. So, here we go. Why Justin, my, what's your news story? Why did I get my middle initial in my intro? Because it's WWE-style intro. Michael. It's Maurice. No, it's not. All right. I have a news story. My news story is... Broadly speaking, the Oscars. So something to know about me is that I um, live and die by film awards season. I'm not, like, super into film history or, like, good classic films, but I love finding out, like, which films have momentum, who has buzz right now, and then, like, all the weird shit that happens along the way. But this award season was especially weird and shitty because of two big films, Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. They had shockingly great showings at the Oscars. For a hot sec, I was like, this year should I try to see all eight Best Picture nominees? Because I was pretty close. Um, But then I decided that it wasn't worth seeing Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. Basically, the idea is like, it's like very much a sub- plot slash afterthought of the film mm-hmm. that Freddie Mercury was a queer man when like in reality it was like a part of his life and the movie like just focused on like he was a rock star and like all that. Also the director was like is a bad person and that's its own other thing. Hey, what was the controversy with the director? I do not keep up with the Oscars at all. The only thing I've seen was Bow. Which was adorable. <laughs> so the director, Brian Singer. Brian Singer, yeah. His thing is that he has been well known in Hollywood circles for a little bit now for sexually abusing teenage boys. Um, so okay. along with all that, he was kicked off the set of Bohemian Rhapsody two weeks before the filming ended just because apparently he was difficult to work with. And they turned, I think, one of the film's producers or something into the new director. Um, so if you've seen that that clip going around Twitter with like the shitty editing, where it, it like, also cuts, won best editing, which is the yeah. clip I was going to talk no, about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the reason why it won best editing is because people thought that the film editor was the person who saved the film because he like weaved together these two directors like directing because they didn't like reshoot the whole film when mm-hmm. they got the new guy. But the joke is that no one mentioned Brian Singer at like in any award speech. So it's like the film without a director. Sophia, what's your new story? <laughs> oh, my new story is about the universe. Real deep, I know. Just kidding. It's about <laughs> physics, which I don't understand very well. But there's this thing called Hubble's constant, I think. It's Hubble something, and it's basically just the rate the universe is expanding. People have been researching, and recent experiments have found this discrepancy that the universe is expanding a lot faster than Hubble's constant. 9% faster, to be exact. They don't know what this means, but it could just be very bad. They don't understand why either. They think it's something to do with dark matter, which we don't really understand. So I have a question. 
Yes. I probably can't answer. <laughs> Why is it bad if the universe is expanding? Like, what are the harms to me, like, by the universe is To expansion? you, probably nothing, but I think the article mentioned something about, like, atoms ripping apart. Yeah, there's, Shit. like, there's, like, three, <laughs> um... Sounds painful. There, there's, like, three end-of-the-universe scenarios. There's, like, the big rip, which is all the atoms ripping yes. apart, basically. There's the big crunch, which is the universe is, like, you know, gonna expand and then crunch back together into another Why? big bang. And then Why there's the big, and then there's uh, because physics, I don't know. And then there's the big freeze, which is basically the one that we thought that scientists think is going to happen, which basically the universe just expands forever, and then everything dies of because all the heat and energy eventually disappears over quadrillions of years. But now it's expanding faster, so than expected. So it could rip. be the big rip, which means all your atoms will rip apart eventually. Does it all happen at once? No. It's like a gradual process. I mean, so like maybe like one of my atoms has already ripped, and I oh no no no, no. it's like a gradual process across the universe. Like all climate change is going to get us first. To bring things back down to earth, um, for my news, (laughs) for for my news story, um, are you guys aware of the um, international internet and cultural phenomena of the past year or so called Baby Shark? Yes. Yeah, I worked at a summer camp. Yeah, so did Mm -hmm. I. (laughs) Well. Uh, <laughs> I never, for the record, I never worked at the Silver Cap, so I did not know about Baby Shark. Anyway, there's a podcast from Slate called Decoder Ring, hosted by Willa Paskin. Basic premise is pop culture related mysteries, and this month's episode was about the history of Baby Shark. And let me tell you, it was wild. It's been around for a long time. The New York, it made it on the New York Times is like newsletter several times, and I don't know why. This like something like happened that like sparked its like resurgence. It was, yeah, the little yeah. kids' video. So I, I think the reason why it's really popular now is um, there's this there's a South Korean company called Pink Fong, which is like a children's media company, and they made a version for their YouTube page, which is the one that you know, is super popular and has been viewed like a bajillion times or whatever. But like you guys are saying, the song itself is like super old. So right now there's like several international copyright disputes going on. Different versions of Baby Shark have charted multiple times in like different languages over different periods of time. Willa Paskin, who's the host of the podcast, she did this research um, and she thinks, they're not sure, but she thinks the song is probably as old as the 1970s and probably goes back to the famous um, summer blockbuster movie Jaws. This podcast was absolutely amazing and I would recommend everyone goes and listens to this episode because Do they play different versions of Baby Shark? Yes, they play different versions of Baby Shark. They play... Jaws works for the CIA. I mean, not the whole song, but like clips of them. It's just like because they don't want to embroil themselves in multiple international copyright disputes. That's true. And now it's time for our personal stories. Yes. <laughs> oh, my personal story involves you, Jacob. Wow, it does. Wow, I feel called out. What's your personal story? Well, Todoroki was doing a. <laughs> Buy one, get one free on their all-you-can-eat sushi celebration yesterday. And I skipped lunch. I didn't really eat breakfast because, you know... You're making me feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It gets worse later. Don't worry. Okay. Um, Because Jacob and I were going to go. And then I get to the restaurant. I put my name down. I'm all ready to eat, like, 30 pieces of sushi. Like, not even kidding. I was planning on ordering six rolls. And then Jacob calls me, and then he tells me he can't make it because he lost his flash drive? Yes. Yeah. To defend myself... I have a flash drive plugged into my computer at all times. It's currently plugged in right now as, like, extra storage space. Like, I keep my iTunes library on there, for example, like my Spotify downloads, whatever. 
um, and it's important. And very important to eating sushi. <laughs> no, what imp- what is important is that I lost it because I was in the middle of student lounge and I knocked my laptop or something and I was putting it in my bag and it fell out and I didn't notice. Evidently, it fell into the crack of the couch on the middle of student lounge and I didn't notice this until I got home to my apartment and was like throwing everything out of my backpack in a rush because I was running late as usual for the sushi, which was just like 4.44 when I'm doing this, and I noticed there was no flash drive, so I'm like, oh, must have fallen out in my bag, so I tear up for my bag, it's not there, I'm like, shit, I gotta retrace my, like, steps for the afternoon, so then I called you, and was like, hey, I can't come, because I have to go find this, like, fucking flash drive, this is important. So, I let Jacob go, obviously, but then I'm scrambling to find people, because my other friends went during lunch, my other friends are busy, and... Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that upset at the time, I think, just because I was getting really hangry. So I wasn't thinking, because, you know, didn't really eat lunch. So I went and I got poke, which was fine and all, and then after I was full, I just started getting mad because I spent $11 on poke, and I would have eaten so much more sushi. And, you know, I was still fine. Until that evening, I think the poke made me sick because uh, I was vomiting last night. Yeah, not fun. Not a fun night. So basically, I was just upset because I really wanted sushi. I wanted so much sushi. I did not get the sushi. I got poke. That made me sick. That's my personal story. I tried sushi for the first time, like, last week at Todoroki. (laughs) sorry, what? For the first time? (laughs) I'm a vegetarian. Okay. Um, So I've never, like, had any, like, reason to eat sushi, I feel like. And people say, like, Justin, you really enjoy cooking. You're really into food. I feel like you'd like sushi. Um, But it doesn't fascinate me in the same way because I feel like so much of sushi is about like high quality ingredients and things Mm -hmm. like that whereas like I'm more into like technique and like cooking and things that involve heat a lot of the time and yeah um but also I don't know was like sort of confused by vegetarian sushi vegetarian sushi isn't good I was planning on getting the new (laughs) (laughs) I wanted sashimi but they don't eat that Sophia ah yeah it's not good because you didn't get the meat sushi (laughs) I mean that's the good sushi there's nothing that bad about vegetarian sushi like avocado rolls are fine and everything but salmon sashimi yes yeah how much did this cost you (laughs) oh we went with Sam's dad so oh, so this is free, free for, me. for free. <laughs> <laughs> because he likes sushi. So well, they were enjoying their, like, fish sushi. And I'm here, like, oh, oh, oh. Well, you know, I feel like, Sophia, your personal story was also partially mine because, you know, I was, like, the, the broken gear in your sushi mm-hmm. disappointment That's yesterday. True. Because of that. Okay. My personal story is that I am taking reading and writing poetry this quarter because I don't consider myself a creative writer, really. I am I do journalism. I do a lot of reporting. I can write a damn good, like, long academic paper. But otherwise, I'm like, I'm not a creative writer. What? But I was like, hey, it could be fun. It could stretch me. So I saw that Natasha Trethway, the former U.S. Poet Laureate and Pulitzer Prize winner, who is a big-time professor here at Northwestern University. This is unrelated, but when she was not a big-time professor, my high school class interviewed her because my, like, high school mm-hmm. English, AP English professor, like, kind of knew her. Anyway, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> she has the best, like, like partial Southern draw. It's very, um, comforting. She also looks eerily like Kamala Harris. Um, 
anyway. Body double. <laughs> anyway, so I'm in this class. I'm like, okay, I'm not a poet, whatever. But then we start reading, like, contemporary poetry. And I'm like, hey, maybe I could do this. But then yesterday was my turn for a big group class workshop. So I'm there with my poem, and I start to read it. And I didn't take a big enough breath at the beginning. So... I was, like, like weirdly, like, gasping for air in the middle of the poem, and my voice was, like, kind of shaking. But, like, I, I, like, wasn't nervous? I don't know. I just, like, didn't, didn't breathe well during it. I'm also not good at reading poetry aloud because I don't have the right rhythm. Afterward, come to find out, everyone in the class freaking loved the poem, apparently. Like, like, most other people's poems, people were, like, it, it got into, like, criticism fairly quickly. There was, like, there were, like, two other people who, like, in the past in our like full group workshops have done like really well and i was like damn i'm gonna be another one of those people who makes a fool of myself um but apparently it was a good poem people were like gushing about it and i do have like things to change about it but it was like big confidence boost and i was sort of like writing high after that and then i was like maybe i shouldn't become a journalist maybe i should be a poet instead um, i feel like of the few careers that make less money than journalists <laughs> poet is definitely like up there on the list <laughs> that's gonna wrap things up for this week um this and all of our nvn podcasts can be found on itunes and the google play store and on spotify which is cool go subscribe to all them so you get notifications whenever we have new episodes of any of our shows um our show's theme is literally swing by tritachion which we use under a creative commons attribution license i'm nick lazaro the host of this podcast i'm justin curdo and i'm sophia Lowe. and this is nvn on I feel like proprietary Happy Birthday songs is a very, like, Kansas thing. For I was going to say, I feel like it's like a hallmark of Midwestern charm. 